you would, take a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, um, there's some on the back table. Someone would be happy to get one for you. Um, But Luke chapter 12, and we are going to continue to think about Jesus' teaching about money and possessions and how we are to respond to that. You remember last week, this was all set off by a guy saying, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And so Jesus is teaching on on money. As I was studying this week, I kept thinking of a song. It wasn't a good praise and worship chorus. It was a song by Bobby McFerrin, uh, which he only had about one hit, I think. Don't worry. You know the, the next line? Be happy. You know that one? Yeah, I can't whistle. Matt's taking care of that. Don't do that, please. We'll all get it stuck in our head. Uh, this is what Bobby McFerrin sang. He said, here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. And then some of the verses he says, Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. But don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. The landlord says your rent is late. He may have to litigate. That's like the only song where litigate is used as a rhyme, I think. Uh, don't worry. Be happy. Ain't got no cash. Ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. But don't worry. Be happy. So that's that's the theme of the song. Don't worry, be happy. Even if bad things happen to you, don't worry, be happy. Well, Bobby, that's great, but simply telling me not to worry doesn't help a whole lot, uh, especially when life is hard. Imagine uh, having your bed taken away from you, or the landlord says your rent is doing it, you're going to lose your house, and he just says, well, don't worry, be happy. Uh, it's hard to be happy. It's especially hard to be happy if your happiness is tied to having a bed or a place to stay or or style or money or a girl. If, if you don't have those things and that's where your happiness is, then for him to just say, don't worry, be happy, doesn't really help a whole lot. But last week we started looking at this idea of, of money and possessions and our responses to them. And, and one is greed, covetousness, it's desire for things. But the second one that Jesus is going to address is, is worry. One commentator said about this passage, Greed can never get enough. Worry is afraid it may not have enough. Worry is its fear about the future. It's um, anxiety about the uncertainties of life. Get worried. We can worry about almost anything, <laughs> but most of the time our worry is is tied to um, to money or to provision. It's something that's easy to get caught up in the stress of life, worrying and and being anxious about things. But remember our key verse, verse thirty four from here, chapter twelve. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also and if our treasure is in things then if we don't have those things then we start to worry about them where you what you love is where your your heart goes so if we love things um and and that's where our heart is seeking satisfaction then we will sin to get things or we'll sin if we don't have them and that sin is often worry we we worry that we're not going to have these things that we need and so jesus tells us here just like Bobby McFerrin, he says, don't worry. But he doesn't just say, don't worry, be happy. He, he gives us some things to read. He says, don't worry, renew your mind, and seek God's kingdom. That's, that's, the main, that's the outline that we're going to go with, just kind of three things. Don't worry, renew your mind, seek God's kingdom. 
You may remember some weeks ago uh, where Jesus was explaining what happens after this demon was cast out. Do you remember that? So the demon is, is cast out and this man is sort of morally neutral of some kind. And we, we drew the principle that, that the, the exit of evil needs to be followed by the entrance of good. That in sanctification and growing to be more like Jesus, we can't just say no to things all the time. We also need to, to say yes to things that God has called us to do, to the good works that he's called us to do. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about this concept as well. He kind of puts this, this middle step. It's, it's sort of the bridge between casting out evil and, and bringing in good, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to blossom in our lives. And he says that we've, we've learned to walk with Christ like this. He says it's to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful, deceitful desires, so put off. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's kind of this bridge. Be renewed in the spirits of your minds, in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So we put off sin and we put on godliness. And in the middle, what we're, what we're doing is by the power of the spirit, through the wisdom of God's word, we are renewing our minds. We're, we're rethinking things, renewing. When I think about renewing, I think about library books. And so the loan period renews. It starts over. You've got it for two weeks. You had it for two weeks. You renew it. You've got a whole new two weeks. So it's, it's kind of cleaning the slate. It's, it's rethinking some things. So when we cast out evil, we need to change the way that we think. Romans 12.2 says that we are transformed how? By the renewing of our minds. That once we reorient our thinking to the things of God, then we are ready to see His kingdom principles blossom in our lives. We're ready to, to change. And it's this mind renewal that breaks the cycle of sin and moves us towards obedience. And in this passage, renewing our minds keeps us from worrying. So here in Luke 12, 22-34, Jesus is going to tell us to put off worry and anxiety, to stop being anxious. But that's not where He stops. Wouldn't that be so frustrating if all Jesus said was, Stop worrying. That'd be so frustrating to me. What, what, tell me why I'm supposed to stop worrying, Jesus. And that's how often people deal with us. If you get worried about something, well, just stop it. You know? Or isn't that how we deal with some people sometimes? Why are you worried about that? Quit worrying. Well, Jesus helps us here. He helps us, counsels us, and he gives us some ways to talk to others. And, and he's not like Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry, just be happy. Jesus is going to tell us to stop worrying and then he's going to show us how to renew our minds and then he's going to tell us how to move in the right direction. So don't worry. Renew your mind and seek God's kingdom. Let's read Luke 12, 22 to 34. Luke chapter 12 and I'll begin in verse 22. And Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? 
And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, but it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't worry. Renew your mind and seek God's kingdom. So right at the beginning here, Jesus gives us this command, don't worry. We could say it like this, put off worry and anxiety. Put off worry and anxiety. Stop worrying. Specifically, Jesus is telling us not to worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. He says that there in verse 22. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Speaking of our most basic needs, food for our stomach and clothes for our body. These are the things that you wake up every day and they're some of the first things you do. I need some clothes to put on. Unless you stay in your PJs all day, but those count as clothes. So you could your clothes, you need some clothes and you need some food. You need some cereal, you need some oatmeal, you need some eggs, you need some breakfast, you need something to eat. These are things that fill our everyday life. The point is that each day we need food to eat and, and clothes to wear. And some of us may, may worry about that. May worry whether or not we have enough food for the day. Or your clothes selection might be kind of limited. We worry about where those things are, are going to come from. And, and it would be hard not to worry, wouldn't it, if that was the case? If you didn't know where your next meal was going to come from? Or, or if you didn't know how you were going to feed your kids that day? Well, that's something that... I think I would worry about it. It would be hard not to be anxious about that. But just because you have food in your pantry or clothes in your closet doesn't mean that you don't worry about those needs being met. Maybe you're anxious about your retirement, how much money you're going to have when you are past working age. How, how will you pay for your kids' college education? You worry about that. Maybe you're concerned about your car breaking down or the possibility that you might lose your job. Or, or maybe you have a job interview and you're worried about the job interview because you need that job to provide for your needs. And Jesus here is directly addressing this need for our for money and for for sustenance, for, for food, for clothes, for these things that we have. And he says, don't worry about those things. It extends beyond that, though. His teaching on worry, it, it specifically applied to possessions. But, but as we look at this, it applies to all kinds of worry. All of the different things that you might be tempted to worry about, Jesus is going to tell you why you shouldn't worry about those things. So Jesus tells us not to worry. He tells us to put off anxiety and worry. And then he tells us to renew our minds. So get rid of worry and anxiety Throw that out. And now I want you to renew your minds. So there are ways that we think. There's patterns that we're in that cause us to worry, to be, to be anxious. There's things that we forget and there's lies that we believe that bring about anxiety in our lives. And so Jesus is going to give us three wonderful truths that will renew our mind, that will kind of wash your mind clean of worry. Change the way that you think. Lead us away from worry and into trust. There are ways to speak truth to our soul. You remember the, the rich fool? He said, soul. He said to his soul, soul, you are set for many years. That was a lie that he was telling his soul. That was foolishness. These are things to say to your soul that are true. Jesus is going to give us something when you're worrying to say, soul, here's what's, what's true. And the first one is, 
Life is more than food and clothing. Life is more than food and clothing. It's so simple, isn't it? Verse 23, For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. It's the same thing that he said, just different, in verse 15. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. There's more to life than what we have. There's more to life even than our most basic needs. Sometimes people ask, if people ask me how I'm doing, I'll say, I'm surviving. (laughs) You ever feel that way? Like you're just... I made it through the day. I woke up this morning and I'm going to bed and I, I am surviving. Because life can get kind of crazy sometimes. And, and if we get stuck in that way of living, if I get stuck in that way of living, I'm, I'm missing out on the, the reason that God created me. God, God didn't create us just to survive. God didn't create you just so that you have enough food when you wake up and you have clothes to wear and you get through the day and, and, and you're happy. God has something greater for us. And that's what Jesus is going to call us to in this next section where he tells us to seek his kingdom. But first we have to get ourselves out of this rut of just surviving. Okay, I made it through the day and so that's a success. Because if we find ourselves in the majority of our lives thinking about things and getting through the day, thinking about food and clothing and possessions, then we need to remind ourselves that that life is more than food and clothing. There's more to life than those things. So the first thought that Jesus gives us is life is more than food and clothing. So when we start worrying about those things, we just say, this is not what life is all about. Life is more than food and clothing. And the next thought is the main one. It's this. God is your Father. God is your Father. Remember, we've been thinking about this a lot, that Father is the, the Christian name for God. It's in, it's, the Christian life is, is, is rooted in living life with God as our Father. That, that's how we thrive as followers of God, when we understand that He is our Father. If we worry or we're anxious, we're, we're not trusting God as our Father. We're, we're doubting His care for us. And His power to provide for our needs. So so to remind us that God is our Father, Jesus tells us to look up, to look down, and to look around. Those are the three things He's going to say. Look up, look down, look around. The first thing is look up. Look up at the birds. Look up at the ravens, He says. He picks ravens. (laughs) Ravens were an unclean bird, according to the Jewish people. And yet that's what he says. He says there in in verse 24, Consider, think about the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? He says that the birds are not like the rich fool who built barns to provide for himself. Have you ever seen a a bird barn? Not not a bird brain, but a a bird barn. Have you ever seen a a bird? No, because they, they don't build anything. They don't even store up things like maybe a squirrel does. They, they, they don't have reserves to pull from. But God provides for all their needs. And God feeds them. Why? Because He values them. And even this unclean raven is valued by God and provided for by God. And if God values this bird, He's saying if it's, it's the lesser to the greater. If God values a bird and provides for its needs then won't He provide for you? But won't He meet your needs? Why? Because the point is, you are more valuable than the birds. 
That's that's who you are. You are more valuable than the birds. You met, we thought we talked about net worth last week. That people say, "What are you worth?" Well, you you can say you're worth. I'm more valuable than birds, <laughs> and that's a good thing that because God cares for the birds, He takes care of them, and you are of more value than the birds. So why would you worry? You know, this is the same line of reasoning that's used back in verse seven. Remember this. Uh, verse actually starting in verse 6 are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God why even the hairs of your head are all numbered fear not you are of more value than many sparrows this is in light of the coming revelation there's a revelation that's coming and he says don't fear because you are more valuable than many sparrows so the the, the lesser to the greater is that you are valued um, as more valuable than birds. But there's also this sense that we could say, if we can trust God with our eternal souls, if I can trust God that on that day of revealing, I will be safe because of my faith in Jesus, then can I trust Him for everything else? Can, can I trust that He will provide for everything else that I need if He's given His Son for me? So look up. God is your Father. Look up at the ravens. God feeds them. Of course He's going to feed you. Why would you worry about anything? And, and then He says, look down. Look down, down at the lilies. That's, that's there in um, uh, verse 27. Consider, think about, same word. The lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Have you ever taken a long look at a, at a flower and noticed how, how beautiful it is, how, how intricate they are? But, but just as the ravens don't build barns, the lilies don't work hard. The lilies don't have jobs to provide for their clothing. The lilies don't have sewing machines to make clothes. Yet despite the fact that they don't work, they are beautifully clothed. He says even more beautiful than Solomon, the great king, was ever clothed. And, and in light of that, the, but the flowers are here today and, and, and gone tomorrow. We have daylilies. Do you know why they're called daylilies? Because they last a day. <laughs> so it blooms in the morning and it's beautiful. And by evening it closes up and the next day it's getting ready to fall off. It, it's there for a little bit of time, but it's, it's beautiful there. And God has made it beautiful even in that small moment. Not only that, but in the spring we have, we have lovely flowers all over our yard. You call them weeds, but they're beautiful. These beautiful little purple flowers that fill my yard. And when I want to mow the grass, my kids say, No, don't mow the grass. You're going to mow over all the flowers. And they're so pretty they're they're just they're insignificant they're small but if you get down there and you look at these beautiful purple flowers it's amazing what god has created it's growing up as a weed in my yard and and god has made these things he he clothes the the, the flowers he clothes the grass of the field and now the, the flowers fade so quickly but even here the grass was used for fuel so it wasn't just wood to, to cook with but they used the grasses of the field and it, it was there and it was beautiful and it was and then it was burnt the next day and so Jesus says look up at the ravens and look down at the flowers and if if God cares enough for the flowers these flowers that are alive today and and dead tomorrow if he clothes them in such beauty then isn't he going to clothe you is he going to take care of your needs if that's who your father is? But let me read it to you from my favorite book, well, one of them, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, this is how Sally Lloyd-Jones puts, this is from Matthew 6 and Luke 12, sort of a combination, but just so helpful to me. See those birds over there, Jesus said? Everyone looked. 
Little sparrows were pecking at seeds along the stony path. Where do they get their food? Perhaps they have pantries all stocked up, cabinets full of food. Everyone laughed. Who's ever seen a bird with a bag of groceries? (laughs) No, Jesus said, they don't need to worry about that because God knows what they need and he feeds them. And what about those wildflowers? Everyone looked. All around them, flowers were growing. Anemones, daisies, pure white lilies. Where do they get their lovely clothes? Do they make them? Or do they go to work every day so they can buy them? Do they have closets full of clothes? Everyone laughed again. Who's ever seen a flower putting on a dress? No, Jesus said, they don't need to worry about that because God clothed them in royal robes of splendor. Not even a king is that well-dressed. They'd never met a king, but as they gazed out over the lake, glittering and sparkling below them, the hillsides dressed in reds, purples, and golds, they felt a great burden lift from their hearts. They, They could not imagine anything more beautiful. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than birds. More important than flowers. The the birds and the flowers don't sit and worry about these things. And God doesn't want his children to worry either. God loves to look after the birds and the flowers. And he loves to look after you too. Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made. Everything in it. Birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything. And most of all, his children. Even though people had forgotten, the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten. They still knew their song. It was the song of all God's, it was the song all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was the song people's hearts were made to sing. God made us. He loves us. He is very pleased with us. It was why Jesus had come into the world to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice, but with his whole life, so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. I love that thought, that that it's like a song, isn't it? That the flowers and the birds haven't forgotten, but we have forgotten. So renew your mind. Think like a bird. (laughs) Think like a flower. They don't worry about these things, and so neither should we. The main issue here is faith, isn't it? Isn't that how he ends it in in verse 28? Oh, you of little faith. So the question is, do we believe that God is our Father? Do we believe that He cares for us, that He loves us, that He has the power to provide for us? And if we do, then why in the world would we ever worry? We would worry because we lack faith, because we forget who God is. So how do we increase our faith? How do we renew our minds? We think on who God is. We recognize who He is as our Father. And the way that Jesus tells us to do it is to go bird watching. <laughs> I think that's what he really wants us to do, is that when we see birds, we remember that he provides for them. So when you're driving somewhere and and you're worried about a doctor's appointment or you're worried about this job interview and you see a bird, you think, okay, God cares for that bird. I don't need to worry about this. Or or I I think he wants us to go and and to pick a flower (laughs) and to soak in the beauty of that flower and to think about, God closed this flower. Why would I... Worry. If, we, if, if God closed this, then, then I shouldn't worry. Maybe if you are in a stressful situation, you, you need to go and find a flower and stick it in the middle of your table and just remember, okay, God takes care of the flowers. He's going to care for me. I don't need to worry. He says that we're supposed to look up at the birds and look down at the flowers, but then he tells us to look around, to look around at the nation's. Look around at the nations. These are two positive examples. This is kind of a negative one. He says, verse thirty, verse 29, Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. Don't be worried. For 
All the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. He says, you're a child of God. God is your Father, and you're acting like everyone else who does not have God as their Father. You're acting like He is not real, like He's not going to provide, that He doesn't know. And He says, your Father knows that you need these things, so don't act like He doesn't. God knows that you need these things. Jesus is saying, you're acting as if I don't exist. You're acting as if I don't need, know that you need these things. George Mueller lived in the 1800s, and he was a, a man of extraordinary faith and prayer. He began a, an orphanage and pledged to not ask anyone to provide for the needs of that orphanage, but he said he was simply going to trust God through prayer to provide for all of the needs of the children that he cared for. And it was to be a testimony, he said, to the people of England that God, what God can do with a man who would fully trust him and, and rely on him in prayer. Mueller wrote this. I just want to read a quote to you. This was in December 9th, um, 1839, so a little while ago. He wrote this. Although our trials, he's speaking of those of them at the orphanage, although our trials of faith during this year have been more than during any previous year, and although we have been often reduced to the greatest extremity, yet the orphans have lacked nothing. They always have had good nourishing food and the necessary articles of clothing. If anyone thinks that on account of our trials of faith during this year we have been disappointed in our expectations or discouraged in the work, my answer is that the very opposite is true. Such days were expected from the beginning. The chief end for which the institution was established is that the church would see the hand of God stretched out on our behalf in answer to prayer. Our desire, therefore, is not that we may be without trials of faith. Isn't that interesting? Not that we would be without trials of faith, but that the Lord would graciously support us in the trial and that we may not dishonor Him by distrust. This way of living brings the Lord remarkably near. Morning by morning, he inspects our supplies that he may send help as it is needed. Isn't that a neat thought? That God looks at their cupboards and knows what they have or don't have. He inspects our supplies that he may send help as it is needed. I have never had a greater awareness of the Lord's presence than when after breakfast nothing was left for dinner. And then the Lord provided the dinner for more than 100 people. Or when after dinner there was nothing for the tea, and yet the Lord provided the tea. All this without one single human being having been informed about our need. One thing is certain, we are not tired of doing the Lord's work in this way. Many people have commented that such a way of living must cause the mind to continually think of how to obtain food and clothes, to worry, (laughs) and thus become unfit for spiritual work. I answer that our minds are seldom concerned about the necessities of life, because the care for them is laid upon our Father. Because we are His children. He not only allows us to do so, but wants us to do so. George Mueller was a man that lived with God as his Father. He understood that God was going to meet his needs and the needs of everyone that's under his care. Worrying forgets that God is our Father. So we need to renew our minds. We need to remember that God is our Father, and we do it by looking up at the birds by looking down at the flowers, by looking around at the nations and saying, God is my Father. He will care for me. I'm His dearly loved child. So we renew our minds by, by saying that life is more than food and clothing. We renew our minds by saying that God is our Father. And we renew our minds by remembering that worrying is pointless. <laughs> worrying is pointless. 
the verse that, that we draw this from is um, verse 25 and 26. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? There's some debate as to exactly what this verse 25 means. Is it add a single hour to his span of life or, or add a cubit or some height to his stature? Um, it's hard to know exactly what was meant, but the point is the, is the same, that worrying about either of those things, if I worry about trying to make myself taller, I worry about trying to make my life longer, I don't accomplish anything. It's like saying I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm going to run to the grocery store and getting on the treadmill. I mean, it's, it's a total waste of time if that's the goal. Worrying, in fact, it doesn't lengthen our days. If anything, it's going to shorten our days, right? I mean, the effects of stress and anxiety on the body and on the mind will shorten your life rather than make it longer. Corrie ten Boom wrote this, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving on to tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So Jesus tells us not to worry. But he doesn't say just don't worry. He, he helps us renew our minds. He tells us why we shouldn't worry. He reminds us that, that life is more than food and clothing. He reminds us, listen, God is your Father. He knows the needs that you have. He cares for you and He will take care of you. And worrying is pointless. So, so when we're tempted to worry, this is how we renew our minds. We think these things. Okay, life is more than food and clothing. And God is my Father. And if I sit here worrying, what am I accomplishing? This is pointless. I'm not going to waste my time on it. And so now, if we put off worry and we renew our minds, then we put on seeking God's kingdom. We seek God's kingdom now. We replace the worry with a, with a, a concern for the kingdom of God. Because if, if a concern for, for food and, and for clothing, it's not just a lack of faith. It's, it's also a concern with myself and my kingdom above God's. I'm so worried about me and me surviving. So when we renew our minds and we're not worrying about food and clothing anymore, we're not simply um, seeking money and possessions with our lives. We are, we are now free to invest ourselves fully in seeking God's kingdom. Because we're not worried about these things anymore. So, so what George Mueller said, it doesn't make us anxious. In fact, we're, not, we're so not worried about those things that we can focus fully on seeking God's kingdom and His glory and doing what He has called us to do. So we're free to lay down our lives for the kingdom of God. There's, there's no fear in doing this either because verse 32 says, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to do this. If we seek His kingdom, guess what? We will find it. Because He's waiting to give it to us. He's waiting to, to help us see how to walk in, in the ways that would please Him. He's, he's a Father that doesn't just give us food and clothing. He wants to give us the very kingdom itself. It's His pleasure to do it. So how do we seek God's kingdom? It's the same answer we gave last week. It's, it's at, at the end of the, the section... Verse 33, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. So the opposite of, of worrying is worrying is caring about our own needs. So if we're not going to worry, we're, 
We're going to think about the needs of others. And we're going to invest in things that, that last. Jesus says that what, la- what's last, what lasts is His kingdom. And the way we invest in the kingdom of God is by giving to the needy. Isn't that wonderful? We, we treasure God's kingdom above our own. So we give to those in true need. This is... It's so amazing because if things hold on to your heart, if money holds on to your heart, you know what you're supposed to do with it? Give it away. If you worry about money and possessions, then you're supposed to take the money and possessions you have and give them away. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? So here's the application, I think. If you worry about clothes... You should clean out your closet. You should find something to give away. Because <laughs> you're investing in something that lasts forever. You're investing in serving the poor. And Jesus says, remember, in as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brothers, done it to me. I had the experience of just, I'm not trying to exalt myself, but the experience of having seen someone in need of some clothes, realizing that I had clothes that would fit him, giving him those clothes, and then the next day seeing him wear those clothes. There was so much joy in my heart over seeing him wear those clothes as opposed to having them sit in the drawer at my house. That's the joy of the kingdom. That's investing in something that's going to last rather than hoarding it like the rich fool. Give, give, Give something away. Make a meal for someone. If you worry about having enough food for yourself, you should make some food and give it to other people. Or maybe even maybe even fast. Maybe even recognize what, what hunger is and recognize that God provides for my needs. And recognize and say, God, I love the, the good gift of food, but I'm going to forsake it for now to remember that what really matters is seeking your kingdom. Even if I have food and clothes for the rest of my life, if I'm not seeking your kingdom, then my life is a waste. So don't, don't worry. Stop worrying. Put off worrying. Renew your mind. Think about, about who God is, that He is our Father. Remember that life is more than food and, and clothing. And remember how pointless worrying is. And then, once all that worry is emptied out of us, it's gone from us because we've renewed our minds, we have the freedom to fully seek God and His kingdom, fully invest ourselves in things that last Things that will last for eternity. Don't worry. Renew your mind. Seek God's kingdom. I think it's so kind of Jesus to give us real, tangible things when we worry. Because when when you worry, it's just it's hard to it's hard to think straight. So something like a, like a bird flying through the air should it should just trigger in our minds. That's right. Or, or a flower should cause us to remember. I don't have anything to worry about. I think that's one of the blessings of the Lord's table. It's real. It's, it's, it's tangible. Jesus has given us a tangible reminder of His love and His care for us. It, it, it doesn't, when we take the bread and the cup, they don't become the body and the blood of Jesus. But they are reminders. They are reminders that we can smell, that we can taste that we can touch, that we can see. They are reminders of what Jesus has done for us. The reminders that He loved us enough to send His Son, that His body would be broken, that His blood would be shed, so that we could know the forgiveness of sins.
And so we take these things as a, as a reminder of that. And just as the, the birds and the lilies remind us of God's care for us, how much more so should the Lord's table remind us of His love and His care for us? It, it reminds me so much of Romans 8.32. Almost everything reminds me of Romans 8.32, I feel like. But He who spared not His own Son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? If he's given us the Son, how will he not also give us everything else that we need? Why would we worry? So as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, we want to remember what Christ has done on the cross for us. But as you take it, remember, if he's given me his Son, if he's given me Christ, if he's provided for my salvation, if I can entrust my eternal soul to him, then of course I can trust him for everything else. Why would I worry about anything?